Intro. Percussion. Welcome to Beerfield, where the only thing hotter than our cakes are Mac McClung's dunks. I am your host at Beerfield Hop with two piece. Dude, his dunk, uh, I'm not going to lie, his dunk contest was fucking insane. I did that. He made more. Oh, my he God. Made more than the, he made more than the dunk contest than he does for his uh, contract. I know. He looks yeah. like one of the hobbits, too. It's so great. It's like, this it's is what awesome. happens when Pippen decided to just take up basketball instead. <laughs> White men can jump. They can. Apparently, and Mac McClung is proof. That was for you, Dan. Uh, I am your host, Chris Hopper, at Beerfield Hop with two P's, slightly under the weather. Joined, as always, by at Beerfield Theory, sitting in the shadows. Ooh, spooky. And at Ryan Miner underscore FFP. What's up? It's Ryan Miner and Dan Theory. Uh, we had a combine preview episode for you. Um, presented by the FF Faceoff, the NFL Combine presented by the FF Faceoff, probably. Yeah, we will uh, be at the Combine. Well, I won't be, but Aaron will be. Nice. Presenting sponsor of the NFL Combine. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we got a preview episode for you, so we're gonna go through the skill positions, kind of take a give a little peek under the covers of this draft class. This is not our intended to be our full like rookie preview episodes or positional previews or anything like that. This is just more of a, you know, early going what's caught our eye. What are we looking for from certain people at the combine? Cause there are some already, even through the first 25, 30 guys that I've watched, it's like, ah, they're going to have to show this to solidify what I think I'm seeing, or they're going to have to show this to change my mind on what I think I'm seeing. Um, how much you should weigh into the, you know, how much stock you should put in certain things that happened at the combine, um, you know, just based on what has historically mattered, uh, how to use the combine in your evaluations, and then, you know, looking at some of these players for a bit. Uh, very little bit of news that we'll we'll get into. But first, as always, we are drinking stuff because that's what we do. We drink and we talk football and sometimes other things. What's fueling beer fueled? By the way, this uh, beer preview slash bourbon preview is presented by the FF Faceoff's rookie content and Ryan Miner's rookie drafts. So um, if you like ADP, go get them. Ryan's running daily daily rookie drafts at ADP is all being compiled on FFFaceoff.com. Plenty of rookie articles out there. So make sure you uh, you check that stuff out on Daddy's site. Yeah, just add me on Sleeper, Ryan Miner FFB. So get the invite. Fine. Yeah, to get the invite because once you like they add you as a friend, you get like as soon as that that list is there, I just start inviting everyone. So as soon as the yeah. draft fills, don't be surprised if you don't get an invite. Yeah, fair warning. You got to respond to it like real quick, and then once they go, it's oh what a one minute timer. It's one minute timer right now. It's gonna it's gonna drop down to thirty seconds here. So, so. what'll happen is, I mean, take five minutes 
it doesn't even take five minutes boom 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 it does not take that long so no you got to be on your game so if you think you're gonna you're gonna do it and then put the phone down and go back to what you're doing that's not what this is this is not slow draft so no it's you get the invite the room it's it's 12 person it fills within two minutes and then we start i give a I give a quick warning like you know and now all to kind of give everyone back in and then start it as soon as i see the first three like uh teams pop up with their light on i i hit go because then i give you at least a minute to get back in all right uh why don't you go ahead and tell us what you're drinking so tonight i am drinking what was in my fridge which was another shorts brewing. It's a nitro cup of Joe, which I finally poured correctly. Dan or Dan would be so proud of me right now. I did the hardest pour possible. Oh, I hardest. I thought it was going to go over the glass, but it it stopped. Forget what Dan thinks. I'm, I'm proud (laughs) of you. Well, no, he was just like hard. You got to pour hard, hard. So I did. Do that one more time. Hard, hard. (laughs) That's naughty. Yeah. Wait till the draft. Oh boy. Oh boy. <laughs> Lots of snuggles coming out of that or something. <laughs> or... But I have a nitro cup of Joe, which is a nitro stout with coffee and milk sugar. All right. Dan? I am drinking uh, uh, a very small microbrewery that's very close to Hopper. Oh, yeah. I'm drinking, I'm drinking Mill Pond. I love Mill Pond. Mill Pond. Uh, this is your. Is it Drahir? Drahir? Yeah, have you had them before? I have not. Well, uh, I, I may have had them once. I don't I remember. Told, have I told you about them before? You no, know, I mean, I've known about them because of work. So okay. this is their uh, their Vienna Lager. I was down in Millstadt where the brewery is out of Millstadt, Illinois, doing work. So I uh, absolutely love the simplicity, the simplicity of, the, of the can art. It's very, very clean. You know how they do that, right? By printing? No, 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 no. Do you know how they make their designs? No, I mean... Do you want to learn? By technology? No, 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 no. Not at all, actually. It's a lot cooler than that. Is it hand-drawn? No. That's so, the way, that it, the way that it works, right, is... I believe the story goes... So, Brian is part of my homebrew club. The head brewer and owner of Mill Pond. He came out of that. So... Nice. Um, really, really cool dude. But... Um, the tables in their brewery, they all have, um, they have like that stream design down the middle where there's, um, like resin in yeah. the middle of it. So they're all live edge. And then they've got that resin stream down the middle. Yep. They have a table for each type of beer. So when they do a can label, they actually pick up the art off a different part of that table. Oh, that's what's giving you the colors and everything that pop out of that. So they have like that's a, fun. He explained it on a stubborn cool. German podcast once, but that's how they get their can art and stuff. Yeah, that's dope. So this is their their Vienna Lager, which is one of my favorite styles of beer. Um, generally, you're gonna get more of a of a more malt floor, but it still provides a really, really nice, easy drinking. You know, light to medium body, mainly towards medium body, in the category of uh, of Marzins and things like. Yep. Uh, they also do really good IPAs. So if you're ever through, like, Southern Illinois, good beer scene. Mm-hmm. Uh, it makes me so happy that you're you're trying them and you got them on because Brian's a a really good dude that does really good beer. And their bourbon selection isn't terrible either. 
All right. For me, I'm drinking Redline whiskey. Um, it is uh, from an undisclosed Indiana distillery, so MGP. Um, but Redline, I forget where they're out of, and I really shouldn't. So I apologize for that. This one's honey finished. Uh, their stuff is usually about six years old, and they finish it for for several months. They're a little newer to the scene. I've had their elements and some other things that are are pretty good. Uh, I was sucking on a honey cough drop before this, so the idea was to just not completely ruin um, a bourbon with a cough drop, so I had to go with something that kind of had similar notes. So that's where uh, this honey-finished red line is coming from. So um uh, apologize to those guys. I'm sure they're listening. Um, <laughs> really cool guys. I got to hang out with them during the St. Louis Brim Festival and stuff, but... I just I don't remember the location or where they're out of or anything. I know it's a father son team. I know they're sourcing. I know they're doing some really good finished stuff, and that all their expressions taste pretty good. Haven't had this one yet. Excited too. All right, news, news, news. My palate needs to adjust to that after a no drinks this week. Um, this is my first drink of the week, by the way. Wow. Titans released a lot of people. <laughs> um, a lot of people. A lot of they people. They had to. Yeah, they had to because of how over the cap they were. So some notables in there. Uh, Zach Cunningham released after a down year. Taylor Lewan, after multiple knee injuries, he's expected to retire. So long time tackle for them. Uh, fat Randy, Randy Bullock was released. So kicker news there. He, I think was 17 or 20 on field goals at all of his extra points to latch on somewhere. And Robert Woods also cut after a down season in a not good passing offense. So not a lot to take away there, but yeah, that's what happened. Uh, the Colts hired Jim Bob Cooter as their offensive coordinator. Jim Bob. All right. Welcome back. I think he was last seen getting a DUI. So yeah, <laughs> love it. So it wasn't good for Detroit either. Good for Jim Bob. It was better for Detroit than some of had. Yeah. Well, that's not really saying much. Stafford. He was good for Stafford's fantasy value. Oh yeah, absolutely. Fantasy circles that. love Jim Bob. And he has a great name. He does oh, have yeah. a great name. Uh, the Giants re-signed Isaiah Hodgins to a one-year deal after his late-season breakout. So he was an exclusive rights-free agent. That was always going to happen, but just, you know, worth noting, I think most people expected him to stay around. He was the only guy productive for them down the stretch. So that's solidified. And then Jesus has emerged from his darkness retreat. He stayed a day longer than Jesus did, but... Aaron Rodgers, ah, ladies and gentlemen. That's, that's all you get. Nope, don't care. <laughs> right? I actually have a legitimate question. Because I wipe snot from my nose. Sorry, a little under the weather. I'm going to try to mute as I'm blowing my nose. But anyway, um, legitimate question here. Why do we hate on Rodgers so much for some of his ritualistic things and his spiritual things? And I was thinking about that the other day, like, can hate on Rodgers for his family stuff. We can hate on him because he plays for Green Bay. But why do we hate on him for his his spiritual practices and spiritual beliefs in the offseason, be it peyote or, you know, 
darkness retreats and and mindfulness and stuff. I never really got that. I, I don't hate on them for that at all. A lot of people do. I know that that part's weird energy. I have uh, other reasons. Yeah, I'm more of a game, really game related. No, I, I, I respect for Green Bay for me. I respect Rogers' game. Like again, I I'll separate the way they play football and who they are as individuals. But I will always it, respect Rogers' game. It's the just, lying. I about, don't think he's a. I just I just don't like him as a person. So I think he's entertaining. When you listen to him on McAfee and stuff. Yeah, his outside life. But I mean, like, if I'm going to go in a dark place, I'm just going to put sheets of paper or blankets up in my basement and just hang out in my basement and save myself $50,000. I mean, the man's got... The man's... We don't have $50,000 to spend. He he, he definitely does. All right, or go spend five grand and go sit in a dark place. You know, it's 300 square foot with a Go to a float spa and take a couple hours. (laughs) I don't know. He's got a weird lifestyle, but you know, everyone's lifestyle is weird no matter how you look at it. Okay. Yeah. I just, I don't know. I was thinking about it the other day as I, I work on some things and I'm like, you know, good for him for doing what makes him feel good. I mean, I still, I'm not good on him for lying about like vaccines and shit like that, but that's pretty much where it is. It's, it's, it's the, uh, it's a bigger than life. I'm smarter than science. It's the, uh, like I'm not gonna fault people for doing their own research, hence the line of work that we do for this hobby. But yeah, it, it's the constant, you know, berating against it against people that have done this for their entire life, right? It's the same energy that that he takes to people that play fantasy football and critique him about his game. Same energy, bro. Yeah. Uh, making sure I didn't miss anything today. Did anything happen in the NFL today? I don't think so. No, just more rumors. Chargers picked up fifth-year option on Kenneth Murray. Yeah, just more rumors. It's rumor season. We'll do a we'll do an entry sometime when there's no news about, you know, <laughs> buyer selling on some of these rumors. Uh, but we get into peak peak off season. All right, let's go ahead and hit the combine. I told you this is going to be a quick episode. Nobody let's do it. Me. Combine breakdown. That's an old one. That is an old one. You can tell from the audio quality how old the drop is, and I am I'm pulling <laughs> these out of a repository where I have no idea how old they are. All right, um, combine. We're gonna go through each position. Um, so, position by position, we'll just kind of talk about what we're looking for, what matters, maybe who we're keeping an eye on. Uh, we'll start with quarterbacks because I expect this one to be quick. Uh, what matters at the combine for quarterbacks is it's pretty much your measurements and not a whole lot else. It's Any literally really it's, don't matter. It's almost it's, nothing. It's some athletic drills. Like I like to see how, how athletic a player is to kind of help gauge us. Give us an idea of, of, of what their potential rushing upside is. I don't care about the throwing drills. I don't really care about the interview process. I care a little bit more. Um, I mainly for the, you know, for quarterbacks to combine, it's just whatever to me. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, to give you an idea, right. The 40 qualifier for a quarterback is they run under a four, eight, two, the spark score is a 96. <laughs> Agility is under 11, six for, to give you some perspective on that. Um, 
that's a, a time measurement. Four tenths of a second is a lot. And you're looking more in the 11-3, 11-4 range for wide receivers. So just some things to keep in mind. You're not really looking at athletic drills for quarterbacks. Um, and unfortunately, you're going to see a lot of rumors come out about these guys, how they do in interviews, et cetera, et cetera. There's a lot of gamesmanship that goes along with that to try to pick through, which is why we'll do a uh, a buy or sell episode here soon. But there's a lot of gamesmanship in that. Other teams trying to drive down prices on guys um leaking certain things and it's it's kind of hard to parse through you know usually if you get multiple reports about something then there's probably some truth to it but you get these one-off reports about certain things that could just be team-to-team gamesmanship i would watch shows you know like if you're going to try to monitor what you're hearing from the press about players and what we're getting from from quote-unquote insiders I would also pay attention to mocks. That's kind of where the hand in hand can go. It's what do we see based around the people that have more inside information than 95% of us, what they see, how the draft will fall. You can give yourself a little bit of an edge to try to predict where you think a player could go, which could change. Like it's generally what I do. I like to, you know, check how mock drafts are to get an idea of what, you know, the massive public with these smarter, with these guys that have, Actual insider that can, you know, Daniel Jeremiah, despite some of his inflammatory comments earlier this week, you know, yeah, oh my god, (laughs) I, I, uh, fuck him, like, but a lot of people will rise and fall though because of the combine, too, you know, like they'll look at players who are who are injured, you know, like, yeah, you know, these teams might be second, third round high on them now, but looking at their medicals and stuff like that, like, do they drop? Yeah, Bryce Young comes in it, you know. 510 versus six even you're gonna see some people fade that a little bit not heavy it's Bryce young he's good but i i, th- I think it's his, it's god he is just so he's unique. so he's russell wilson is yeah what I picked up off of him it's like he's got a lot of prime russell wilson from what i see on his film just the ability to extend plays move laterally throw on the run a lot of russell wilson to his game take a little less hits Little less yeah. unnecessary hits is where my like I love Bryce John. So that's my that's really my only my big thing is I wish he was bigger. Yeah. Um and and, and you may see him hits. come in over two hundred. And if he is, then great. He's not a run first guy. So no, you can protect no. that a little bit by moving the pocket with him because he's a move the pocket type of guy. He's an, an extend the play type of guy. He's not run first in the least bit. I mean, neither him or Stroud are, and that might be a common misconception with them, but I mean, career-wise, I think both guys were under 175 rush yards. So, remember, just, college yeah. counts negative for sacks. And Stroud has played two years? Two years. Two years. Yeah. Stroud has 26 games, and Young has 34. Hmm. So Yeah, he does, yeah. Rushing production, it's... uh. They're not huge rush producers. No, it's it very that's not, They're both athletic. They're just not run first. Yeah, it's not a Dorian Thompson Robinson type of quarterback right. that and you'd like game, to see. But it's or not Hinton Hooker. Like Anthony Richardson, too. Yeah, but it's not Hinton Hooker or, or Richardson. Oh, my God. I love Hendon Hooker. I just feel bad for him. I love Hendon Hooker, I, and I hate that he's 25. His, uh, from from watching him through the Debbie process in college, it's, it, it's not – it's not to the levels of Jalen Hurts, but it's on the same trajectory 
where it's just just it's just constant improvement. But he was a rough prospect for a long time, and him getting right. out of he's so good every, I can't remember he's who. Uh, he was so accurate this year. I loved. I, I enjoyed watching him. Watching them in Tennessee's offense just freaking light up. It was like especially lighting up Alabama. That was yeah. like one of the best games of watch. If he can avoid yeah. round two, there'll be some interest. The fact, the problem is, is that he's it, it, at best he's probably late first, and it, there's just. Historically, it on, it's tough. Yeah, it, it I mean, depends on where too. I mean, well, yeah, like yeah. yes, yes, absolutely. He's got, he's got more games under his belt and more experience at the college level than what Malik Willis did. He's way more athletic than Kenny Pickett was, the old guy coming out last year, with better <laughs> arm talent. So he's got he's got some upside to him, and if especially if he tests well, then there you can look at it and go there. Well, there's definitely some some rushing potential if he tests. Which is the if other he thing with a lot of these yeah. guys. Yeah. He's a guy yep. that could opt not to test and just let the film speak for itself because the athleticism shows up. I think he should test because that's gonna that's what's gonna he's not guaranteed a first round. If uh, I'm someone in his quarter and you want him, if you think you're gonna be athletic, you test. fucking you have to test. Like yeah. he's yeah, not like a, something. He's not of like course. a Lamar Jackson, which felt like at the time well, more of a guaranteed first, even though that didn't happen. But I think <laughs> Lamar Jackson not testing also had a lot to do with the discussion of we can move him here, we can move him here, we can move him here. Yeah, that was to continue to debunk the very racist undertone statement of, well, he's wide receiver. He'd be better at a wide receiver or a tight end. No. Okay, dude. Definitely not the case with Hinton Hooker. He has no. plenty of arm talent, and he's one of the only quarterbacks that throws with good anticipation in this class. So. He should. He's old. <laughs> like, well, and yeah, he can, those yeah. are the traits that you that you want to see. Yeah, he's experienced. You should definitely be. You should definitely be doing that. And he connected on sixty nine percent of his passes over the last two years nice. too. So I mean, constant improvement. He did. I mean, he made massive strides once he uh, once he transferred. I can't remember his original team, but um, once he transferred to Tennessee, he made massive massive strides. The chemistry between him and Hyatt was very very obvious too. Yeah. So. You watch that a little bit. The other thing you're gonna watch if he tests is Will Levis. Um, I love your I... description of Will Levis. <laughs> <laughs> I can't get over that. I still laugh. Nothing. <laughs> Fuck Will Levis. It's power. He's power five. Zach Wilson. <laughs> he is. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> well, go into the full preview, but just just watch that and then don't ignore what happens with that because I don't think it's gonna be great. Um. I don't really have anything else to talk about with the quarterbacks. I, I am really hard-pressed to find a quarterback that has hurt or improved their draft stock through combine workouts or measurements or anything. Well, a lot of it's, these quarterbacks are older, too. It's going to be how they interview. Like I, I really think for quarterbacks, is there'll be some guys there about, about their throwing drills and how their pro day you know, really... It's like right. drummed up. It's gonna be all the interview too. They're that's more of what a that's what kind of hurt process. Justin Fields a little bit last year was during the interview process. Yeah, and and maybe it was things getting leaked out that were you know bullshit. But either way, you know, I think I think I think the interview process is a bit undersold as as to kind of how these players move up and down the draft board. I guess what I should have said is I'm hard pressed to find a quarterback that's helped or hurt their draft stock. Through on field workouts, yeah, in yeah, measurements, yeah. And not through. I knew what you meant through the interview process yeah. and everything. Absolutely, we will see adjustments there, but yeah, those are a lot harder on the outside looking and hand size. <laughs> We're gonna yeah. get hand, hand size. size. Someone's hand gonna size have tiny season. fucking hand size. Like it's gonna be Joe Burrow all over again. It's like if Bryce Jones has like eight, like eight three quarter hand size. Oh my god, it, it, they'll 
fuck it, the the full fucking internet's gonna break. It's gonna it's gonna be Will Levis weirdly. <laughs> I fucking, I, oh god, I I hope so. I can't. I just no. I'm done. I'm done with him. I'm I, I'm good. I'm good. I, I'm done. All right. Uh, are we done with quarterbacks? You want to move on to something that matters a little more? Yeah, the one position that really loves to have hyper-athletic measurables shown. Yes, let's do it. Running backs? Running backs. Because uh, I thought you were talking about tight ends. They love oh, hyper-athletic yeah, yeah, measurables yeah. there, too, and there's a couple good ones. Give me that Zach Gentry. Give me that 5-flat 40 at tight end. Let's go. Yeah. All right, flipping over to running backs here. Um, running backs is a little bit more interesting because the running backs, we have seen guys jump way off. If you remember last year with Brees Hall, Kenneth Walker going into the combine, um, in most circles was considered either better than Hall or at least on the same tier as Hall. And then Hall with his receiving ability and his combine performance absolutely skyrocketed. The inverse of this is what we've seen happen with Kyron Williams and Isaiah Spiller and guys like that the last couple of years where they turn in Zach Moss, where they turn in not great combine performances, even though people were expecting good things out of them. And then either you chose to believe that and avoid it or buy into it and probably get burnt. So, you know, this is an area where you got to keep in mind the totality of what happens matters. You can't just focus on the 40 time or, you know, their vertical or whatever. Um, but, you know, when you look at size adjusted speed scores, agility scores, straight 40 time, et cetera, et cetera, combined with what a lot of these guys actually weigh at. And that's going to be a big one for this class. I think is going to be how these guys measure out. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, Jameer Gibbs is a, probably probably one of the biggest ones with him already having French for its round, you yes. know, kind of where his DC is going to be. Like, I think wherever he lands, he'll have a role because I think, you know, he plays for Bama. He's going to get the Bama, you know, tax added on to a higher DC. But if he, if he, if, if he can become Travis Etienne at the combine who went in at 215, who everyone thought he was undersized, that'll right. be fucking huge because he, he has been sniffing first round draft capital and mock draft so far this early if he comes in bigger and still tests well athletically yeah he, he he'll be with Bijan up there in most in most first rounds i promise that yeah and i i i think he should be and you know speaking of Bijan, let's let's talk about Bijan for a second um this is probably the spiciest i'm surprised i bit haven't gotten more bites on this not that i'm trying to this is my honest take I texted you guys when I saw Bijan and said, okay, somebody explain it like I'm five. What's the elite trait? Because he does a lot of things really well. And I don't want to take that away from him. He is easily, without a doubt, the most well-rounded back in this class. Um, We talked about Gibbs being able to elevate himself to the same tier. Gibbs is still... I look at him as more of a a, bet, a back that's better in space, better in the receiving game, um, explosive in space. Bijan, I look at is he's between the tackles. He can carry guys. He doesn't run super. There's guys that run more violently than him, though. There's guys that show more, more burst than him. There's guys that are better receivers than him. But he's the most well-rounded back. And I said, Eli 5, where's the elite trade? I want to see Bijan have a Brees Hall type of combine where he just lights the world on fire 
so that I can feel the same way some of these other people feel about like making him the dynasty RB one before he's ever taken a snap. Because he's so the one for, that's, he's the one that's viewed as a true three down back to uh, this whole entire class, being at six foot two fifteen. Yeah, six foot two fifteen two twenty. That's under still under thirty BMI. It's BMI season. Sorry, I'm not that, that's that's up on that. But yeah, that's pretty much where you want your bell calls to start at. Here, here's the 30. thing: thirty point five, I think, is what it came out as for me. It's it's how much can the combine actually help Bijan? Like. At this point, these players, when they're going to the combine, your number one goal is to improve your draft capital. Like that is like you want to make money by going to this. You know, like Mm -hmm. you get some of the French guys that want to see themselves improve their stock. They'll test everything. There's not much benefit to Bijan doing any combine anything from from an NFL perspective. You're absolutely right. There there is absolutely no reason for him to test athletically at all. Like he can do his measurements. Because I think we're all comfortable within his size. If if I'm in his corner and I and I can't confidently say to him like, look, if you can't run a you know run a four four, you have to run under a four four. Pretty much. If you can't do that, do not fucking test. Because he can only hurt his draft talk this way, which then will prompt to people being where you're at, Hopper, and trying to figure out. What am I missing here? Like, right. Well, that's just it too, and that's where he's at. Like, it's uh, it's not like when he hits that hole and he gets hit. Like, you know how a lot of running backs kind of either try to bounce it outside and go down. No, he, he kind of hits, and he actually hits that second gear and it actually takes off. And it's like good luck trying to catch him now, because now that you you let him bounce off you and get off you, it's it's, see, a, it's a race to get him. See, I didn't see that though, right? I didn't really see the the breakaway, and he wasn't near the top of the class in in you know, anything that would suggest strong breakaway. And yes, he breaks tackles, but, you know, he's breaking tackles to me in the way that kind of like, I'm not saying, I'm not comparing him to David Montgomery. He's a better back, but in the way that David Montgomery did where he breaks tackles to get those seven, eight, 12 yard chunk plays, but he's not hitting home runs and he's not running as violently as like, you know, Zach Evans does or hell, even Deuce Vaughn, who's way freaking smaller. So, and that's, that's where I get hung up on where's the elite trait, because at least in what I watched and I could be wrong and I've already kind of said, I'm going to go back, see what the combine numbers are, rewatch this. We'll get to that in a minute. I didn't really see him. I saw him breaking tackles, but I didn't see him bouncing off and explode. I mean, I didn't see him running guys over. I didn't see him, you know, being this home run game changer type of threat, he honestly reminded me of like sophomore year Saquon Barkley where, okay, this is a really good back, but this isn't like this super, you know, elite game changing type of. So look at his, look at his game against Oklahoma. That's okay. But it's a look at, yeah, it's Oklahoma though. So he's Barkley without the so he's Barkley without the exploit because yeah that was the one thing about Barkley is is that he did he did have it yeah no but but like he would he would he wouldn't take what's given to him it was it was the and Bijan will take what's given yeah it's the under and and like it it just could be that you know maybe he isn't as good as what he's he's being propped up to be and we'll you know we'll see that. But he's right. he's gonna check off enough boxes. Like, I still think the he's first gonna be one. really good. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I think he's gonna be a one-two back because his pass blocking isn't like exactly the greatest. Right. He's a lot. Of, he's a lot. A lot of 
So he may not get a lot of early third down in his first year or two. Like that's right. It. And it, it it's going to come back to the well. Why are you having him block if he's like like I, like I don't think he's an elite pass pass catcher. So he's going to have to develop himself as a pass blocker if if he's going to struggle in that department. I haven't yeah. watched enough of his film yet to know his, his pass catching is really good. He too. catches fine, but he's not explosive in in space. Again, it's the first couple steps, right? It's that acceleration. He's such a big guy. I think he probably has better long speed than explosive. So he's a good high why, point too, which is why I would love to see running backs and high points. I'm whatever um for me everybody evaluates if, differently but for me if, if he can jump up higher and catch the ball i mean that's better the summer and running back just kind of just throw their arms up and it's like you know whatever it went over my head i'm not going for it he'll actually go up and get it if he's downfield sure that's fine but you don't want him jumping in the backfield you're jumping in the backfield your quarterback did something wrong um yeah that's exactly what i had in my notes though slow build runner not a ton of acceleration little upright um didn't quite have like the quick agility twitch. He's more of a I'm gonna go into contact than than make guys miss. So those are I do, uh, yeah. I, I just watching the little that I've watched from him. Yeah, he works. I mean, obviously he like he I think hard. he works like he works well in small space. Yeah. I think he has impeccable, like uh, you know, IQ. Like you know, as a running back, being like being yeah. able like Nixon. I think he has great vision, like. Which is what's going to help him if he doesn't have the straight lawn speed that you want, or that 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 third gear, or or would Ryan say that 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 uh, so second gear, second gear speed to run past the safety. He's such a smart and instinctive runner that he's going to chunk plays. It's, it's just he may not get the eighty yard bomb run that we you know exactly. that we all love to see. And 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 I'm like to Hopper's credit, like. When you're this highly valued, you need people to nitpick because it, it, it's going to be it, it's the echo chamber. And that's what it's been with him since his, uh, you know, his first year at Texas because he was very productive his first year. It's been an echo chamber of, well, this has to be the guy. This has to be the guy. That's why you're hearing people trading astronomical amounts with him in Debbie mm-hmm. leagues. And then right now, you know, during his pre combine, it, it's just. Let the dude test. Let's see what happens. That where wherever he lands, he's gonna get volume because he's gonna go in the first round. I don't give a fuck who's ahead of him. Like you think he's still gonna go in the first round? I I, I think the, every single mock has been first round. Like that's I, what I've Dan means. That's what Dan means by he has no reason to test because if he comes out and just puts up average numbers, he risks falling out of the he, first round yeah, as a running back. He doesn't have a lot of room to grow and not, not, not as far as running backs go. He doesn't have a lot of movement within where I think he's going to go. Unless like, he right, kills the combine and yeah, then you might gain five spots. Maybe. Maybe that maybe that guarantees him mid teens but still it, it, it's he, it's more of a risk to him if he if he can't come out and test particularly well. Like I yeah. wouldn't be surprised if he opts out of running the 40 cuz the fact is, is does they have a lot of speed. Like, why run the forty? The middle of your range of outcomes here is Josh Jacobs. The high end of your range of outcomes is elite. Say is Saquon. The low I don't end. Think of, he's going to be as explosive. I don't. Man, I don't think I, he I don't will mean, be either. That's I why don't I think, think he's Saquon. I I don't like that comp. I'm sorry. That's like why that I think the him. safer comp is Josh Jacobs. But you know, Josh Jacobs it gets volume, and we saw how well that worked out last year. So. Josh Jacobs said his one big trait was pass catching. It took him four, five years to finally give him pass catching work, or four years to finally give him pass catching yeah. work. Thank you, Raiders. 
a bit better of a between the tackles runner, but that's that's kind of what I see. Anyway, yeah. Point on Bijan for me, and this is how you should use the combine. I have a take on Bijan. Should he test as a fantasy analyst? I am looking for those numbers to confirm that take or tell me I need to adjust something. Yeah. And the way that that happens is either a lot like with the NFL draft, he kills it and I have to adjust him up as far as into his own tier or he's average and that can not average, but the, you know, athletics are slightly above average. And then that just confirms my take that, yeah, he's really not heads or tails above, you know, into this elite stratosphere. I think, I think as you get more people watching and more people have takes, you're going to get more people on that trying train. to ask the same question. It's going to be less echo chamber as more people are moving away from the Debbie talk with let, letting those people hype him up till this point. And then we get people like us that want to now see it now that he's in the rookie class. So, yeah, a lot uh, on Bijan. A <laughs> lot on Bijan. Yeah, uh, we'll give like a whole episode on it if we really wanted to. We probably will later on. Um, no. So, <laughs> <laughs> Please, no. Some other guys that I'm watching for. Um, Zach Charbonnet. Oh, I on my heartstrings on this one. Didn't like it. Oh, Zach, Zach Charbonnet? I did not like it. Tell me what you did not like. All right. I want to know. It could be. I want to see if we are on the same page of of dislikes on him. So this is another one where, okay, people are one way. These are the others. I'm probably going to have to revisit this. But my initial impressions on on him. um, I didn't see a lot of agility, a lot of speed, a lot of explosiveness. I didn't see a lot of vision. I didn't see a lot of him picking up cutbacks or creating. Um, I just saw him as kind of mundane and run of the mill. There was not a lot of excitement there. And it reminds me too much of how I felt about Isaiah Spiller after watching his film. Dude, I was about to say Zach Moss. Yeah. So you, you were impressed with his, like his leg strength and his, the, the way he powers through. Uh, pros, he, like, he gets hit. First pro good leg drive keeps piles moving. <laughs> Runs forward. Most of the time comfortable as a receiver for the pros that I had listed down. So the leg drive yes. was the one positive trait I did see, but here's the thing, right? For a fantasy perspective, I'm looking for backs that are consistently going to carry the workload. You show me something with good, somebody with good leg drive and short yardage situations. I see a short yardage back. And unless they're getting Jamal Williams levels of goal line carries at the one and two yard line, that doesn't translate to productivity. This is the guy that I'm flagging as he will test. It's going to underwhelm and it's going to pour cold water on a lot of those guys that are high on him, a lot like what happened with Spiller and Kyron Williams. This is the guy I think is most at risk for that. I think he needs to test too, because he's been a French date too. And and, and and for for the Zach Carbonet, Charbonnet truthers out there, round three is where you want to see him go. Right. Like he's got a great production profile. He's got a fantastic college target. A lot of things that I like to look at free video at all. Like yeah. checks things, good size, great target share. I don't care about dominator. I don't care about the breakout. Oh, I wish he was a junior, not a senior. But well, he should he should have came out last year originally. Like he was like he was originally. Supposed I'm surprised. To. I, I'm, surprised I, I'm honestly he shocked he didn't because of how kind of just 
when I was looking at that glass and his productivity yeah. last year because it never got to film, that's how I felt. Well, and because until, he thought there was he somebody in his ear probably really bad. Well, I'm sure somebody also in his ear was telling him, "Don't go because yeah. you're not going to get drafted high." As soon as I saw a film on him, it completely cooled. I was super excited when I looked at the statistical profile because he was productive. Oh, his are massive. Really excited when I saw that, and then I watched the film, and I'm like, "Okay, this is a guy that looks just solid at the college level to me." So what does How that do you mean feel about his balance? Level? I don't really like his. Balance. I don't think he had great balance. I think his footwork's really fucking sloppy too. It was the leg drive was good, but he lacked any type of excitement for me. Um, not dangerous in space was a note that kind of plays to to balance because he just kind of gets hit and goes down. Yeah, or he gets caught. Or I mean, I, like I said, I, as your uh, full disclosure, I'm I'm watching his game against USC as we speak. So I, I'm I'm you I'm utilizing what you guys. Your your highlighted guys, and I'm just throwing out like, film. He'll bounce. He'll bounce and out. Critiquing he can, while I'm watching it. He can bounce the outside, but he doesn't have that breakaway speed where he's Dude, there's gone. no. no like, he, he I don't see a second. I don't see a second gear. I like like I'm with I'm like Isaac Mots to me. Like I I see, like I see I'm the productivity, but, but a lot of the community was also whelmed. Like it was split on Zach. Like it, it was very yeah. the same that it was on, on guys like Zach Moss or like that. But it, it, it's. Yeah, he. Uh, I think because he really went back because he like everyone did you like him pass Ryan? catching back. Uh, I liked him, but like I like when I was okay. when I first did my first mock, I had him. Oh, and it I, did looks... my, my, I did my very first like rookie mock back in oh my god, October fifteenth of last yeah. year, and I had him at the one twelve. So, I want to just corroborate what you're saying, Ryan. Just looking at this real quick, going back because of his pass catching work. Just 589 career pass yards, 321 of them were this past season, 37 right, of his 75 career receptions. So right around half. Like last year, he only had 11. So I think that he wanted to prove on that saying, like, you know, I, I can do more than just run the ball. I can catch the ball. I can work. In, he, he wanted did, to work he on pass protection. But he wasn't dynamic. No. He proved he was he trying catch, to be. Though. Yeah, he did prove that. He like, proved like, that he can be used. He can be inadequate. Pass catcher. The the again, what I've he's watched big bodied. I don't see him using design plays, so he, he's adequate as a check down. And if he lands on a team that has a quarterback that likes to utilize his running backs in the passing game, yeah. So if he, so if he goes to a team like Chicago, I just said he likely projects as a backup or change of pace guy in the NFL, maybe an early type of lead back on a rebuilding team, kind of like what we saw out of Algier and Pierce this past season. In all honesty, what you just said is how I see most of these running backs in this whole entire draft class. <laughs> the, That's how a lot of people. He's the one big, <laughs> at least he's the one bigger back in this class. Oh at least he's six one two twenty. At least he's, he's not, you know, five ten. Still below a thirty BMI. I mean, you know, again, it, you want to know who he you got two twenty? I'm the fact that he had two twenty. I'm fine. Yeah. So looking at BMI because it's what people like to quote. Thirty point five is the metric. The guys that were over that, Chris Rodriguez. Lou Nichols, who didn't what a who, great name, Lou Nichols. Yeah, the third. He Hell sounds of, like he uh, sounds like a leaf senior of a 1980s. Eighteen hundred. He had eighteen hundred yards on the ground with three hundred and thirty eight receiving this year too. Freaking beast. And it's in the MAC, but dude dominated, which is what you want to see there. Um, Nasser. You know, he led the he, he led the nation last year in rushing too. He did. Uh, Nasser Smith and. Uh, it. Something, 
something called Vance McShane, who I couldn't find anything on. Oh, yeah. L E W Lou. Yeah. Lou L E W. So <laughs> the other guy I'm watching for selfish reasons is Deuce Vaughn. I love Deuce Vaughn, but God, he's small. Not in a BMI. Small. He's not super small in a BMI sense, right? He's you know Oh my god. He's he, Tariq Cohen. He's no but he's five six, one seventy. Yeah. Dude, if you want to see him in the Big Twelve, he's got no like, Pumphrey. Like Yeah, but watch yeah, his but, film. <laughs> yeah, especially watching him. Well, was, I get that. So yes. I think he's bigger than Pumphrey. I've been see, I've been seeing a lot of oh. D two on him. Big twelve I mean, championship. I mean, game. I'm bigger than Pumphrey, so Look, we'll watch him against TCU, something. the way he ran against TCU in the I'll, Big Ten Championship. Oh, my God. I'll throw Deuce Vaughn on. I just throw on the first game that pops up on Deuce Vaughn. It's versus... hilarious. How, like, oh, it's game against it, Oklahoma. It, it, it's a game he looks watch. bigger than that listing, too. I, I was just going to say, he's not 5'6 he in that game. Actually, he's literally the same size as Tariq Cohen. <laughs> I mean, if he's as explosive, I mean, guys, he's going to have a role. Like, it's just... His production, like his historic profile, that what you can try to find with guys who look like him, is so so minimal. It's it's like it's like Devonta Smith, right? He's so small that yeah. size is not going to register because guys his size just don't get drafted, and thus not getting production. I'm seeing day two on him, like late day two, round three on him. I, lo- I would love that if he gets if he gets day two capital, I'm all in. If he goes, if he replaces McKinnon and KC, that's yeah. the one spot I'm waiting to That'd see where solid. guys like Gibbs That'd goes. Be really good. Because I, I don't think Pacheco loses his, his first, second down grinder role. I want to know who they replace McKinnon with. Yeah. And that's that's my hold up on Deuce Vaughn, right? It's the it's the it's the size. That no w- watch it, watch it. All right, look up his game against TCU where he scored it's like a 50 yard touchdown in the big 10 in the big 12 championship game the way he cuts dan is like, and i watched it so <laughs> he runs hard i mean again he I, runs I just threw it, on his game is. against oklahoma he's I don't care about the opponent he runs hard and i can like, see look, myself love it i just he's i've fallen i've fallen he, in love with backs this size before and it just doesn't work out well that's exactly like where i'm at remember <laughs> d'angelo <laughs> henderson d'angelo I'm, yeah yeah he was 200 pounds at he least, was, and he was two hundred pounds. He was exactly. five nine, two hundred pounds. And he was a fucking like he was Mauricio Jones. He was a bowling and, ball. And that's why I have to throw some water on Deuce Vaughn because as much as I think he's fun, I will he's fun. I'm gonna be all in on that. But I understand he's gonna be my Kenneth Gainwell. Well. Gonna be hard. I mean, I, I see him. Kenneth Gainwell. He, he's so smart. I feel like I just see my son wearing the number twenty two jersey right now. Yeah, running so, in that backfield. Putting uh, let's see who's the other. Oh, the other guy. People are on the. I like watching Sean Tucker and uh, <laughs> you, production profile. Dude, we were about to talk Sean about the Tucker. same guy in a completely different light. I, I do I not like. You, I don't, you don't like Sean him? Tucker. I don't like Sean. Oh, Tucker. perfect! You guys go off and throwing his game on while uh, you guys talk because all right, his production so, profile. The production profile again this intrigues is, me. That's, he was that's all exactly. I have to say. Excuse me, I gotta sneeze. Oh, I'm 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 really glad that Sean Tucker was the name that he was. You guys thought of. <laughs> so he was exactly like Charbonnet for me, where I saw some things I liked in the profile, and yeah, then I I watched some things. So going in, I thought of him as more of a treat and a guy that I had a lot of intrigue in than a true top prospect. Like that's kind of what I was expecting was I'm intrigued by him 
Um, he's got good size. He's got two 1,000 yard seasons under his belt. Um, one was 1,400. One, I think, was 1069. Multiple double digit touchdown seasons. That's all good. Good receiving profile, too. Has some burst. He did show an ability to cut through traffic a little bit. Um, he does, I think, make himself harder to bring down as he gets ahead of steam. Works himself open on pass routes, but the things I didn't like, I didn't like his work at the line for a back his size. I thought he went down really easy at the line, operated better in space. One of those guys that's going to need a good offensive line to be productive. Um, thought he ran a little upright. He had some concentration drops in the receiving game. Um, that, you know, yes, the overall profile is good, but there are more there than I would have liked to see. And there wasn't any top end anything. And that's again, just a problem that I have with backs coming into the NFL that are well-rounded. Like I want to see top end something, right? Show me a top end something. Cause if you're just a well-rounded guy, that's pretty good with everything at college, your roster depth at an NFL level. I, don't, I like the way I get his scared with Tucker. Is. Like his speed, I thought was awesome. Like, and the way he could cut, like, I I compared him to like a poor man's Barry Sanders. Yeah. Jesus Christ, Ryan! <laughs> poor man's Barry Sanders. Yes, I didn't think that he had that much sharpness in his cuts. I think he could more oh, step my through God. traffic, but he was not joystick like. The oh, the one he had thing... the, he had joystick like stuff. The one thing that I I am impressed to see, I'm watching this game against Purdue, is the first play he's lined out wide as receiver. Look, I didn't notice that. Yeah, that is it, the, that's the one thing you got to be careful when you're scouting production. Yeah, especially running backs with pass guys. How do they get it? It's the Max Borgie corollary. You got to be careful with scouting guys that, that that are clearly getting checkdowns or out in the flat. That's not yep. that's that scheme. That's not them as an actual good pass catcher how are they getting their pass catching production and it's very hard in college because it's very specific obviously players are coming in and out so you're you're not seeing scheme changes at all with them but i I do like seeing that the fact that he's he's being used out wide he's using the slot he's running actual route trees routes that's that's good especially for his size yeah he's another one that i think were he to test relatively well and he'll test um, that you know, I think I probably come up on him because there was enough there that I liked. It's not like Charbonnet where I just saw everything is, is average. There were some things in Tucker I liked, even if I didn't think it was elite, but there wasn't anything that made me like fall in love with him. I, you know, his, like his 40 time will get you up. I can be <laughs> it's 40 time one, like in the sense of it's going to be like. High four fives or oh no, I think it better not be. I I think that he'll be high four four four, four, three. I think he'll be no, he won't be. I think he's gonna be more. He was a former fifty five hundred and two hundred meter sprint champion. Okay, he's he's dude. He's got track speed. He'll he'll definitely take. He'll he'll make that forty times. It's how he comes out. I think. I I mean the fact he's got a track background. Like he may not look fast on or maybe not look that fast on tape. Right. Running the 40 is different than it is obviously just getting anything other than like watching film. Like you, you got to be comfortable with how to actually line yourself up, or, you know, get yourself prepared for doing your 40 time. I wouldn't be shocked if you ran really fast, which is why I agree with you guys. He'll, he'll likely test. He's been a, he's been a late, he's been an, another late day two in the third round. He might get some second round buds if he tests exceptionally well. I think I'm more interested in the burst score because I did see the head of steam. And 
you know, here's the thing, right? 200 meters isn't short. You have some time to build up into 200 meter. So I want to know what he was in 100. Like, I want to know what his 10 second splits are going to be because that's going to be uh, the 10 second that, splits and the burst. I want to see the size adjusted burst score. It ain't going to be no Devin H. I can tell you that much. So. <laughs> I've been seeing his name pop up a bunch too. Anyway, I love H. I haven't watched him yet. A lot of, uh, a lot of things we're watching for, though, as you can hear, it's going to solidify some takes on on Tucker, on Charbonnet. Uh, could sway things on Bijan a little bit. Measurements will sway some things on Gibbs. Uh, obviously, running back is a position that the athletics do matter, and they matter quite a bit. You want running backs who are athletic. That's just as simple as it comes in NFL. You have to separate yourself. And smart, instinctive runners just this doesn't cut it you got to have you got to have athleticism to them and it's not always perfect but it, i mean it, that's just what the nfl is today a lot of spacing just like you see in college a lot more in a lot more versatility in how these backs are being used now in the nfl and you have to be decisive i swear to god every time i hear somebody say patience it, it's a red flag for me it's because of Lev Bell. That's that's it's that's a, the one. Yeah, that's Bell, the one. It's Lev Bell. Lev Bell like, oh my God, the unicorn. Lev Bell. Like, I, I, I use the patience one because I'll see it where they like stop. They have their hand on the on their lineman and then they take off. That's why I'm, I, I'm not I gonna lie. <laughs> Bijan. <laughs> he does yeah. it. He does. He does. He likes to wait for. You know, he likes to kind of wait. And, yeah, and the problem that, that I have with style that is, that it's, those it's popular. Yeah, and those don't stay open in the NFL. Bell had a really good offensive line. He's the. Bell was also an extremely in, like he was one of a like, kind. Yeah, he wasn't He's even exceptionally well. No, he was a either. He, he was, was just a, so fucking smart. Like he, he knew angles so well. Yeah, he was a unicorn. Hot, uh, but in general, that patience, there's a fine line between patience and lack of decisiveness or waiting too long for a play to develop. And that gets exploited at the NFL level. I mean, it'll be, that's something that can be. Holes don't that, stay open long. Yeah. That's something that could be coached out of a player or coached into just based on what the offense is like. That, or that, they just, figure I never it out. put ever. Yeah. Or they just figure it out like Jonathan Taylor did, which is the game slowed down. <laughs> right. Yeah. yeah. Okay, and Barclay. yeah, and Barclay, and Barclay. it slowed down for me, but they struggled at first. Why? Because everything's faster at the NFL level, and you don't have time to wait like that. You either figure it out or you <laughs> yeah. die. It's, it's, or you die. Figuratively. All right, All right let's hit wide a receiver review. Review wide receivers. Yeah. Beer review. Dan, you want to start? I'm interested. Yeah, I am. Uh, I'm. I'm a big fan. Again, Vienna Lager. It, it, it's a style of. It's a sub style of lager. Is that it, it, it's not. It's not hard to not fuck up. Like it's. It's pretty easy to get right. It's a very specific style done properly. It's just how well can their brewmaster follow whatever recipe he uses for. They use for. Excuse me. It's uh. Mm-hmm. It's a fantastic. Like I'm, I'm intrigued. As long as I know that they can make a decent lager, I'll, I'll bridge into it. I'm, I, I've been kind of falling off the IPA train a lot, so mm-hmm. I don't really dive into those. I don't really care how it hazy IPA drinks because you can mass a bad beer with just shitloads yeah, of try hopping. So I don't really fucking care about IPAs. But lagers, you can. Lagers is all very much. How can the brew mat? Like how can he 
utilize the science and his source to make a quality beer. And this is a great start. I am hardest thing to brew. I'm going to get a second one while you guys are talking. I, I don't really drink much anymore. So, I mean, it doesn't take much for me. So I can buzz. I, I'm kind of, I'm kind of jealous actually, because I don't have any like lagers or anything clean in the fridge. I got a couple things on the geezer, but nothing really in the fridge. That's, so. why, I, that's why I drink a lot of NAs because it's just a lot of like cream ales and golden ales and like, you know, IPAs that aren't fucking dry hop to oblivion. And, you know, mm-hmm. they've also got a good barrel stage program taking yeah. shape right now. Ooh. Um, Ryan. So I had shorts brewing nitro cup of Joe. And, and it's very good. Right. You poured right I this did, time. Yeah, it's actually I'm on on my second one and it's already almost gone again because it's that good. Nice little coffee hint to it. I don't really taste the the milk like stout to it. So let me ask you this: What are you expecting when you hear milk milk stout? Like I'm expecting like something like creamy, maybe with like a hint of like like the bean with like like I feel like 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 almost like a. Like a hot chocolate made with milk. Like, so, you know, you have the hint, hint of the milk in there. Yeah, I know what you mean. You're not going to get milk flavor. It's going to make it subtly sweet and maybe just a touch creamier. But really what it's doing is it's going to make it totally subtly sweet. And in a coffee stout like that, what it's actually going to do rather than take the forefront is it's going to draw some of the bitterness back on those coffee beans and help bring it into balance more so than take a, a front seat as far as um, the primary focus of that. So just, I think when a lot of people hear milk stout, myself included for a while, you expect it to be like, you're drinking a glass of milk. If I heard chocolate milk stout, I thought it was going to be like, I'm drinking a glass of chocolate milk. And Right. That, yeah. Drink exactly Boulder shake. It it's like drinking a chocolate shake. But for the most part, it's, it's not, there's going to be a subtle sweetness to it. You might get a little bit more creaminess, but it's all in the mouthfeel and it's not going to be like thick cream. It's just going to be like a little thicker than a normal beer. But in a coffee stout like that, it's really what that's going to do is it's going to draw back on the bitterness of the coffee beans and help tone that down a little bit. And that's what it did. Yeah, it definitely has a creamier like feel to it, but not the taste. It's the perfect morning night capper is what they call it. It sounds delicious. A classic milk stout. I love coffee milk stouts. I do too. All right. And I was drinking Red Lines uh, Honey Finish Bourbon, and I just took the last sip of it. Uh, honey comes out nicely. It's a nice back-end sweetness that kind of lingers on the tongue. A um, little bit of, like, wildflower notes there from the honey. Uh, the whiskey is not overly hot. It's kind of got a nice, nice subtle, like, spice to it. doesn't bite you with cinnamon, though. Pretty more caramel forward than anything, which I think is probably accentuated by the honey a bit. Um not oily mouthfeel. It's very, uh, it's more viscous again, what I'd expect out of a honey whiskey. Um, overall, it's a top three honey finished bourbon that I've had. And honey finished bourbons are one of my favorite things. So it's really, really solid. It's a good job, Redline. Uh, their elements, the last one I had tastes like Snickerdoodle. They're doing some good stuff. If you find them and you're on the fence, definitely check it out. I know they're a little bit up there price-wise in the 80 to 90 dollar range but you're gonna have that with a lot of craft distilleries especially if they're sourcing good stuff because of the price of barrels on the open market now so just you know supply and demand you see something like that maybe some hesitation to buy i don't know if it's going to be good or not red line's totally worth it and you're gonna have to pay up to support 
you know, the smaller guys these days. If you're about that. Speaking of smaller guys, Dan, I have a question before we get into this. Yeah. Anvil. What about him? So we were there um, this past weekend. Yeah. First off, great, great jalapeno spinach artichoke dip. Dude, my favorite thing there. That thing blew my mind. Very, and the pizza they that they make with the same style. It's, pizza yeah, looked phenomenal. It's fantastic. Um, the beer was good. When's the last time they distilled something? Because it, I, I, it says brewery and distillery. I don't recall seeing a still. There were no spirits they, on. The I don't menu. think they've ever distilled anything yet. I think they're still in the process. I, I, I gotcha. I've heard, I've heard some. F- faint stuff about vodka and gin obviously the first two you start with yeah and the easiest not the easiest to do but they don't take aging time it doesn't take aging yeah um but i've heard i've heard nothing from that i i they had a lot of ambition to start um they're both like they've they leaps and bounds have become my favorite springfield and my favorite springfield the beer's fantastic all around territory Uh, um it's they've done a hell of a job kind of honing in on on their recipe and just how they do their you know their core lineups um they're, they're now expanding into food and now into lunchtime so they're a mm-hmm. lot of ambition i think that the distilling part just like how distill wants to get into distilling it's gonna it's and because of separate liquor laws you have to get a new license for it too yeah it, it, it makes it, me it's a long they, process it makes me wonder if they got the license out of the gate to put it in the name and then just we're doing so I, I never well even realized that the they had side, actually so. yeah i never realized even still had the distilling in the name at all yeah like, they I don't, do that's if you look on the table i mean on the tables but they do well, but hmm. i was just curious because like, yeah no hate at all great food fantastic beer love the atmosphere like nothing but good things to say i was just curious i figured you're there more than i am so i mean i was there tonight for trivia so <laughs> <laughs> And honestly, when I was there last weekend, it was the first time I'd been there since St. Patty's Day three years ago. So, all right, wide receivers. So, wide receivers seems to be, um, they're kind of like running backs, but yeah, it, it doesn't matter quite. We well, it doesn't matter quite as much. The uh, uh, forty time is very, very overblown, but. The big thing is is watching your fringe these fringe uh, day two picks, guys that are trying to like like the guys that ran track. How fast do they run? But those are the ones that are going to make money. Um, it's it's not not Jordan Addison, not you know Jackson Smith and Jigba, not you know Quentin Johnson. It, it's going to be those guys. It it doesn't quite matter as much. Obviously, for a guy like Johnson who's bigger, you obviously wanted him to test a little better. Um, but it's again, it, if they test poorly, then the people in their corner really fucked up because that's how they're going to lose money. And so Johnson's a good one for me. Um, he's raw from what I hear. He's like Burks kind of where it, it wasn't his fault. It was team's it, fault. Exactly. He's a lot like Burks. He has some spectacular catch ability in the way that I don't know. Nikhil Harry did. In college to win contested and stuff. Yeah. Oh, I had two players. So oh, god, yeah. But he doesn't. I'm with you. He's gonna. I I want to see it at the combine because 
the one thing I saw on tape with him, this is a guy I'm watching, is that he doesn't really separate or have long speed or burst. Um, he's not going to blow you away deep. Um, he's a broken tackle machine after the catch. He uses defenders momentum against them. He's really good with the ball in his hands. Like Burks is decent body positioning, good high point. Um, even a bit more of a nuanced route runner than, than Burks was. It's just, is he athletic enough to, to separate and win? I, and that's the difference between elite or that's the difference between, I think future wide receiver one and better version of Mike Williams for me. I don't see, you know, a high potential for bust in Johnston, but there's a lot of people that are going that are, well, Ryan, you sent it out earlier, taking him as high as like the 102, 103. Uh, yeah, I saw someone take him at 102. Yeah, and I think that that's a little bit higher than it than it should be. Um, you know, I'm really watching to see if the range of outcomes is a better version of Mike Williams based on what I saw. He scares me. Like, scares he me has good games. Yeah, like he has good games, but like you look at his schedule, like his normal schedule, he played, he didn't play any top five teams outside of Oklahoma State or he went eight for 180 and they were number. I, I watched eight. that game. <laughs> or was. But, I just turned but it when off. They, but. but when they went up against Georgia and they lost 65 to seven, I forget how many targets he had, but he had one reception for three yards and it was bad. I mean, that whole. How long did he season, play though? A game, game like that. Did he play the whole game? I think so. I mean, I went to, I shut it off at halftime because I thought it was, I already knew it was over. So, but, uh, I'd have to look back at it, but he did good against Michigan. Like he looked awesome against Michigan, but they were also able to run like the same play over and over again against Michigan. So I don't know what happened against Michigan in that game because Michigan just shit the bed. Me being the Michigan fan here. He's. I think he hit like he, like he was huge. Like, you know, people who had him high. The beginning of the season, they said, you know, wait, wait. Well, it took five weeks before he actually showed up and actually put up that wide receiver one numbers where he went 14 for 206 against Kansas. Yeah. And, you know, that's kind of why I see better Mike Williams. It's streaky. Um, he definitely has some ability. There's no questioning that with the ball in his hands in contested balls. He's got best hands and I think the best spectacular catch ability out of anybody in the class. Um, but quick, agile, bursty, Dan hit the nail on the head. It's a lot like it's a lot like Burks, but he's different than Burks and how he's used. But it's a lot like Burks and the the fact that there's a good amount to like here. He ran a lot more. I mean, just the one just watched Oklahoma State game. He he I can already tell you he, he, he had, runs more routes. He runs Burks more did. routes like He's, but I think he's going to be just, I, I like, he looks just as raw. Like, he's, he's all over the place. Yeah. Like, like, he is, it, it's going to depend where he goes to. Like, I think, like, there's, like, it, 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 it may be a season or two. He may be a guy that we, like, like, he, he hits just the thresholds to still be excited about a rookie receiver through year one. And then mm-hmm. year two, year three is where he explodes. Um, he could be a slow starter. It just, um, it, yeah. It, the yeah, first it, test for me with him is the combine, though, because if he comes out and does, you know, four six in the forty, and you know, doesn't 
do well once the size adjusted metrics come in and stuff. That's going to throw some water on that. A guy like him is a big guy. It, it, it's just it's given where size adjusted shit, though. I mean, he's 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 top. I've seen top 15 in mocks. I've seen bottom of the first for him. He, it you probably seen also number one pick, too, right? Not number one pick, but like the first wide receiver draft. I've seen him. And right now he has the best odds right now per Vegas through through a lot of bookies. He has the or per a lot of sites. Excuse me. He's, he's generally number one receiver off the board, which I think which given his size, he plays outside. He can grow into his athleticism more. Um, You can take the Maybe good with the raw and then. show it. Yeah, well, sure. But size wise compared to, you know, Jordan Addison, Smith and Jigba, where they're smaller. Yes. And, to play more slide it's it's more of a lot of six foot nothing guys i want to hit like which is fine because what the nfl is becoming to it's johnson's more of the later breed or 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 what the post the past breed was your aj green sides you're six foot four and lanky he's he might be equanimous st brown he might be you know i'm on ross st brown no no he's not i'm ross st brown i got a different guy far bigger I'm, yeah, it's it's not Quentin Johnson. Like, I, I, look, I look at I, I don't know what I've class, seen from Like look at this class, I don't see a true like wide receiver one. Like th- these are more like wide no. receiver two threes. And it all depends on what you're gonna value, right? I mean, for Trust me, has right, a size who could be the number one? Yeah, could be for me yeah. right now. Like my number one is Jordan Addison at the moment. Um, yeah, I love page. My God, do page. I love him? I've been love. He's my number one also since his freshman season. I loved him at Pitt. He was at Pitt, and then he goes to USC and does the same thing again. He I mean, was yeah, a sop- was with Caleb Williams. He was a a safety recruit that they converted to wide receiver. Yeah, that commanded just under 100 targets. I have... that's, that's very impressive. So in order right now, I have Addison, Hyatt, Flowers, JSN, Johnston, Rashi Rice, Josh Downs. That's the seven I've watched so far. God, in order, that was terrible. I, I I've seen Hyatt all all over the board too. Hyatt. Hyatt's got a lot of long, so I can almost go down this and do superlatives, right? Jordan Addison's the best route runner and the most inside explosiveness with probably the most reliable hands. Jalen Hyatt's the best deep ball guy. Easily. He's, he will burn you and he can separate deep. Johnston's the best contested catch guy. Like, is he? So far, out of what I've watched so far. I have not seen... I guess Oklahoma State, I don't see it. Yeah, but... look at Georgia. Georgia, you'll see him look, him look like Well, that. he's one catch, and I'm, I'm not going to watch <laughs> Georgia. It's, nah, it's not a game there's... It's Georgia, too. There's some stuff. It doesn't matter. I wish I had longer Georgia, games that I watched. There's some There's some good high point and some contested stuff and some body positioning stuff through the three games that I watched. I, I, I am, I'm not that impressed with them. I, like, I see the allure. And... Here's the other problem, right? Maybe that's my issue with him. I don't know. Best contested catch guy in this class is not a high bar. No, because it's been bad the last Nikhil Harry bust. Like it's been bad the last, you know, five or six years. Those guys you want to avoid. Because why 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 are they top in the class you know in contested catch? It might be because they're yeah. not, you know, maybe target quality does play for TCU, but it's also yeah. he may not, you know, be creating separation. He's yeah. not. He doesn't separate well. Um, I like him a lot with the ball in his hands, but yes, he's gonna have to land into a team that wants to give him a lot of that touch. Like he's someone a little more inventive. Yeah, I'd say. Yeah, I can see that. 
like it goes to the Rams won't happen or like the Niners or like mm-hmm. a team that wants to like maximize his, his up it's it's really upside yeah if you potentially convert him to what the Niners did with Debo a little bit because he does do some good things with the ball. I mean, he plays his size when he has the ball in his he hit hands. Eight carries total in college. I don't think yeah. he's no. I, well, I, that I don't see. But yeah, just some stuff. He's got the size. I'm mean, really interested in what his athletics look like, though. Yeah. Um, Jalen Hyatt. I just want to see that his long speed matches his long speed more or less. Um, <laughs> A lot of these guys that come in at you know five ten to six foot, it's going to be are they really? Especially Addison, like I've, I've been hearing, it's been. He's one of those. It's like it might be Elijah Moore for me again, and yeah, I mean it pretty much is. They're they're the same type of you know volume player. Yeah, Addison, I, I think is also getting some slack because he played with Caleb Williams his last year. At USC, and then people are like, "Well, he played with with Caleb Williams. Yeah, he also pick him. He's the reason Pickett. why Pickett that was he's why Pickett was drafted in the first fucking round. Like, I love Addison. I like I will forever root. I I hope he he comes in a little bit bigger, but I I'm concerned that he'll he'll get typecast instantly as just a slot guy. He's such a good route runner, though. That I think, I mean, he could be down as low as the five nine five ten range, and I'm still probably is he your same brown comp. Is he your same brown comp? No, he is not. Okay, good, because he's um, much more athletic he's much, than St. Brown. And he's smaller. So my St. Brown true, comp, true. Um, let's see, was Smith and Jigba. Okay. Yeah, I've seen I've seen I've seen him and I've seen I've seen High and I've seen no, nah, Hyatt's Justin Jefferson, you know, coming out of uh, Hyatt's got too much deep ball ability. I gave Hyatt. So, okay, here's my comps. I'm not into forcing player cops. I just saw a lot of them. Yeah. yeah. I gave Jalen Hyatt, uh, Jamison Williams. Oh, because of that distance speed he has. Same with that long distance speed, deep ball ability. Uh, Quentin Johnston. Um, I already mentioned better Mike Williams or the hands I thought were a little bit like Hopkins light, just the hands though, not the overall talent. Uh, Jordan Addison, uh, I gave him Tyler Lockett, another smaller slot guy that actually has decent long speed um, that does a lot with volume in his route running. So I saw a lot of Tyler Lockett when I watched Jordan Addison. I had a monitor for Smith and Jigba. For Rashi Rice, I saw a lot of Michael Gallup in his game. Um, and for Zay Flowers, I might not have given him one. I didn't give Flowers one. I didn't give Downs one. So, got Flowers. Oof, tiny. What's that? One. So, just looking at his his measurables that were probably taken from. Uh, 24-7 scouting. Um, yeah, I got it. He's yeah. slim. 178. 178. Yep. He looks more. So my comp for flowers is actually a Jordan Addison consolation prize <laughs> because they, he's not quite the route runner, but I think he's a little bit more explosive. I can see that, yeah. I see where you're coming from on it. So, 
<laughs> I think it's he's like, what Boston College wish they would always had because they've always been a running back, like a running team. Right. And he actually like he had a 46-7 dominator. That's that's, that's crazy. I mean, it's 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 also Boston College, but that's fucking nuts. That's still really. I mean, again, this is why this is why dominator rating. It's also good to look at. Yeah, it'll it, it'll help to bump up the. Well, he didn't have a lot of production. I'm like, it's Boston College, bro. Like, they're not a high volume. You know, the they were running first team with AJ Dillon, so he had enough production. When it comes to production metrics, the way I measure them, he was the highest. Yeah. So just some food for thought. Like he was the highest, and that's part of what's pumping him up. So what I want to see for these guys, um, Hyatt, I'm looking at the log speed. Addison, I'm looking at his measurables. JSN, I'm not really looking at a whole lot. He's pretty solidified. He, JSN's one that I think could get away without testing. I don't think he does. No, he, he's Maybe going to. With the hamstring injury and everything, he could get away yes. with not testing. I don't no, think he's going to the game. He's going first he, round. Yes, he still has to test because of what I mean, yeah, what he did the year prior with uh Garrett Wilson and Chris Olave being there on the field as the number three. I still think he still needs a test. I don't hurt. I mean if he's getting if he's hurrying tests and, and and he's not gonna he's not making it out of the first round. Like he doesn't like again for him, a guy like him not not having the size on his side. There's not much more room to grow. It's the same thing with like Nobijan. Like I, he's been solidified as a first round receiver since he's been a mm-hmm. freshman, since he's been being able to be productive with the guys you just mentioned. Out, out on top of productive with Marvin Harrison Jr. Like he's he's doing what he's doing at the best wide receiver school right now in football, right now in college football. That at least the ones that that are going on to the NFL. Like he's, I I don't think he should test if he's hurt. I don't think there's a lot of room for growth for him to test. Maybe pro That's day. Kind of where I'm at is I don't think that there's I a think lot of value to him testing. I think he'll him. weigh in. I think he may do the weigh ins and the measurables. But I, I wouldn't be surprised that he'll do any athletic. Any and may I, not, that may be smart for him because he may not test. Maybe he won't. And test unlike Addison, I fully believe that he's every bit of six foot one ninety six. He's got. He looks every bit of every modern day number one. Receiver that plays in and out. I've I've seen Justin Jefferson counts uh, for him. Yeah. As a, uh, a seven uh, I would Justin Jefferson. Jefferson's got better. You got to understand ability as a college prospect. Jefferson yeah. came. You know his final year he played just in the slot and played a lot fair. outside. It's not Josh Jefferson now. It's it's unfair to ever comp somebody to him now. It's what he was as a prospect. Yeah, as a prospect, I still think he had better field stretching ability. I think yeah. I, do. Yeah. I think, I think JSN does a lot of stuff out of the slot and a lot of stuff with the ball in his hands out of the slot. He builds up speed. Well, um, that's, and he's kind of bigger stout, more stout. That's why I got the Amonra comparison. Okay. From if he it. does test, it's because he wants to be the first receiver off the board. Yes. The only reason why and he should. <laughs> Josh Downs could not do anything to change my mind. I don't like him. What? <laughs> um, the, the only good thing left out of you, uh, out of UNC that Sam Howe had to throw to operates him. I do. Dude. Is he a product of Drake, of Drake May? Is what you're trying to say? And no, he's a product of the fact that he caught 94 balls and he only he averaged under 11 yards of reception. He's a product of the fact that 
they weren't really going anywhere else. He's, you know, one of those guys that produced at college because, okay, yeah, he's kind of a product of Drake May, where yeah. he's he's catching a good amount of volume, over 200 career receptions in just 28 games, but he was damn near the bottom of those guys I've added in yards per, and he showed, you know, every bit is unimpressive with the ball in his hands, with explosiveness on, on film. He's a guy I look at and say, will he be on an NFL roster? Yeah. But do I ever see him being consistently fantasy viable? No. I see him as that like guy, wide receiver three, four that you keep around and plug in as maybe a spot start. If he gets some vault, if he lands someplace, he gets some volume. He'd really have to light the combine on fire to change my mind and show that, hey, I'm athletic as hell. It was how I was utilized. I mean, it, it may not even matter. Like that may, may be not matter. why too. Like that may be the, the fact he was a volume receiver. And it's a lot of plays strummed up for him. Like that's why I don't put a lot into yards per reception too no. much, especially if it's not if it's a massive much, volume but... play. It's because he's probably being used towards the line of scrimmage. They want to yeah, put, but he, put he's also hands. a wide receiver. He's more like all over the field. He doesn't have to be just that deep threat. He can play in the middle. I mean, he's, too. Well, that's he's, good that you're not expecting him to be a deep threat because he's not beating anybody deep. No. And well, because he's got the he's got the feet to stop to come, do, do a comeback route, too. Yes, he can run a comeback route. I think I did note that that was one of the two routes he was good on was a comeback route. Yeah, I mean, like I, he's stopping a freaking I would hope so. I would hope so. That's like this reminds me of Dan with Brad Kaya. Look at that play action. Look at his comeback route, though. Look at his comeback. That's that's fucking DK Metcalf. Except he's not built like DK Metcalf. That's all. That's all. That's all. Anyone talked about Metcalf? The deep ball and his ability to win in comeback routes because he's he did show. Oh, well, I take that back. He did show some okay break. I agree with the break. Problem is, is he didn't separate after the break because he has no burst to him so he's got good break but i watch him on some of these in and outs down at the line and i see him turn and he's so slow getting out of that damn break he is tiny too my he's jesus big. no no he's a slot receiver he's gonna have to do some things athletically to come up he needs um, he needs to have that high agility score i want i want to see zay flowers test well enough to solidify what i saw on film and I'm also watching his measurables a little bit because he does, you know, I think he's bigger than Addison, but I don't know what that means because I think Addison's smaller than he's listed. <laughs> I do too. And that's been the, that's been um, the comic consensus on him right now. It said he's smaller than what's being measured in. It's two guys that I'm watching that uh, I haven't done film on right now that I'm really intrigued if they tear up the combine are and, uh, Tank Dell and Charlie Jones. Well, you're gonna love Tank Dell. We'll find out. The Houston wide receiver. Yeah, you're gonna love. It. Yeah, I mean, he even tore up the uh, Senior Bowl too. We'll find out. The metrics are intriguing on both of those guys. The numbers. Who's are, the other guy? The productivity is uh, Charlie Jones. Oh, the he's a redshirt senior. For, for Purdue older place for Purdue. Yeah, don't um, care. You said redshirt senior. I'm already out. Don't care. Is 23. <laughs> I don't I pay less attention to age on wide receiver. Remember, Cooper Cup was old coming out. Cooper Cup wasn't a redshirt senior. He was just a senior. He was still old. <laughs> I mean, again, I also don't really care about age too much at receiver. It's more of how long you were in the fucking college for. 
which I guess coincides with age, but still. And also coincides with pandemic also coincides with, with where you're going to go. Where is he going to get drafted? That's again, again, I I did. I don't know. And I think that that's why I'm like the productivity profile could be late day three or not day, not late day three. Sorry. could be day two, but I need to see what happens with the combine. Because that's going to matter for him. So we also do like rookie mocks where uh, we do landing spots. So we just simulate landing spots. And I'm looking right now to see where they had Dell go. I think he was a later round pick. Wait, were we talking Dell or Charlie Jones? I was talking Charlie Jones. Oh, I was talking Dell. Dell's 165. Holy crap. Um... So they showed Charlie Jones in here as as a sixth round going to the Cardinals. Yeah, and day three is in the realm of outcomes too right now. Redshirt senior, okay productivity, didn't light the world on fire. 110 receptions this season, though, 1,300 yards. So right. I'm re- real intrigued by the combine because I think that could elevate Is this Charlie Jones? Yeah, yeah, but... I haven't done any film on him yet. Hey, white Just... guy. Yeah, haven't done That's any right. film is Ryan Shazier. Huh. Except, you know, bigger. <laughs> which is uh, uh, which is a, a fun hard. callback joke to uh to episode three. <laughs> or, I think three or four. Or wide, or episode four? Five. Yeah. Whenever a wide also, receiver two. Because we also have Nathaniel Dell going at Houston in the second round. Around the end of the second round. And the difference between those guys is well, and these are just, and these are just draft day scenarios that we do. So you know, we we kind of just simulate like you know, we kind of look at mocks and like try to place the mocks like that, where we take these NFL mocks and then say like, all right, this player's going to go here. How would you draft it now? Charlie Jones is on three teams in college. Damn, I said I'm intrigued. I didn't say it was slid. <laughs> I mean, I, I had to look. No, yeah, I, I one year of production and it's but, final year. It's like the Kenny Pickett of wide receivers. Yep. If you guys can do mock drafts with us, where we do like these mocks where the we have real like actual landing spots, it really changes things up. Like because then it really makes you think. Like, do I really like? Is that really a good landing spot? Like Zach Charbonnet and going to the Bears in the second round. I mean, How would you feel I mean, about that? Yeah, I mean that would be okay because Montgomery's not re-signing. Right at worst, he's one injury away in that scenario. I right. mean, in, in in that case, he he also joins one of the most productive running offices. He's right. paired he's paired with an RPO quarterback like Fields. Whatever or, running back goes there, that also makes me really production. excited about Herbert. <laughs> he goes there. Yes, or like you know, like you we're should. Hating on, we're hating on B. John Robinson, but at the same time, we love B. John Robinson. But what if he goes to the Patriots? Do you, we still love him? Do we hate him? Yes, because like, he's he's gonna he's like he's B. John Robinson. He's gonna he's be going a to command. Tar- like he's gonna command carry like carries. You you don't spend the draft capital that's gonna take to get him. And the Patriots on the don't fucking bench. value running backs that high. Not no, yeah. Well, yeah, outside of Sony Michelle. Like this is the one that you gotta be careful with too. It's just like the hypothetical landing spots, like they gotta also make sense. It makes yeah. fun. It, it, it's and, it's and fun to do it. I know it's fun, but it can I mean it, it's it, and as we go closer to the draft, we will get into you know, team needs and kind of dream on some I've of these seen, a little bit. I've seen benching go fucking everywhere. Detroit to Dallas as high as to, 10. to Tampa Bay to the Everyone's favorite spot, Buffalo. Buffalo's not taking a running back in the first two rounds. So Detroit doesn't need to take a running back either. They don't need a running back that early. It'd be it's 
every spot I've seen him in, it's been like, like why? Just doesn't even go to Dallas. They're going to keep Pollard and Zeke. Yeah. All right. Yeah, but I would don't be surprised they do take him anyways because he's there. Because that's what <laughs> it's Jerry Jones. Fuck Jerry Jones. All right, tight ends. The other spot where you're looking for hyper athletic. Please, that's all I care about. <laughs> like, are you athletic? Because I don't care where you get drafted because it doesn't really matter. Take you. It takes you three years to get product to see the field. Yeah. Be athletic, it's, please. Be okay. athletic. Um, yeah. and here's where I'm at. I am watching. There's actually several guys I'm watching based on productivity um, or intrigued or intrigue because there's productive tight ends in this class, believe it or not. There's Ooh, there is several guys that, you know, <laughs> with this is a Michael Mayer class. Okay. Upwards of five to 800 yards, you know, 550 to 800 yards in their final season and upwards of 1500 for their career, which is low in terms of wide receivers, but in terms of tight ends, you're, you're good with it. And it's the Michael Mayer class. Um, I think it's targish. I think I, I think when I did my betting, I think it was, you want to see above average athleticism, yeah, but they have to have it. like a 22 plus like target share attached to it. Oh, Excuse and me. breakout age. If they have a breakout age, that is a huge indicator. That too. is. Yeah. That is a, that is also. Yeah. Like if think, they have one, <laughs> that's not Michael Bayer's 235, 6, 6, 235. Yeah. Fuck. He's almost he's Evan Ingram at that point. That's um, that's that's tiny. I was underwhelmed with Michael Mayer. Yeah, film wise, I was underwhelmed. Um, good enough blocker, but damn, we talked about it earlier, right? Watch how guys are getting receptions. Yeah, he's a lot of work in line, then work out from the line, kind of kind of age back style out into the flat, okay. and he's also like. He doesn't have that grunt tackle breaking ability or Kelsey's burst or anything like that. I think that I look at him and I'm like, this is a volume guy. And I don't even know that he's going to test that well. So Mark Andrews. Yeah. I'm real interested in it. Mark Andrews is a good comp, except Andrews was a better route runner was quicker out of his breaks separated better. Um, Michael Mayer has huge productivity and I love that intrigue. The huge call of productivity is absolutely big for for tight end. I don't want to take that away from him. Broke out at 20. Um, led the classic career receiving yards. One of two to put up a, you know, hit all three metrics pre-combine. Good well, run dude. blocker. Good downfield blocker. But he's slow out of his breaks, especially on more complex routes. So, like, he can win on, on slants and out in the flat and stuff. But he wasn't working the seams really at all. Um, and for as big as he is, he doesn't really bully people in the receiving. He's game, not so. big. He's two thirty five. That's not big for it. That's tiny for a tight end. That is that's in line or that's a, that's move tight end size. And he plays in line. He plays in line, which he, is the I, other problem. There. I hope He's he not... tests bigger, but if he does text exceptionally well, you're going to, you're going to probably see if he tests exceptionally routes. well, then I'm going to go a different direction with this, but I didn't <laughs> see on film where I think he's going to test exceptionally well. And that was disappointing because the productivity is huge. The other guy I'm watching who I think is that dude is Dalton Kincaid. Yes. Thank you. That's the name I was looking for. 
Dalton Kincaid, Dan, I'm going to say red shirt, red shirt senior, and then I'm going to completely screw with you and say it's tight end, dude. You know, I don't fucking care. And then I'm going to say 19.9 breakout age. He broke out before 20 as a tight end. He's 6'4", 240. It's got the the ideal size of tight ends nowadays. He's got a very similar dominator, and he only played in 26 career games. So you extrapolate that out to where... How is he a redshirt senior and he played a redshirt? Injuries, or am I wrong about the class? I mean, he's a. I mean, you, you you haven't put in as a. I mean, he's twenty three years old. That's at least a senior. Well, I'm guessing. Hold on, Hold let me on. put it up here. Okay, uh, but I'm also right Dalton now. Dalton Kincaid. He is. He's twenty three point three. He oh he, you know what he was? He was a uh, he's a JUCO transfer. That's what it is. Because so he only has you know stats from like he must have got hurt his first year with Utah. Only one game. Yeah. And, and he wasn't the red shirt comes from. And he had to win out to be their primary tight end. I heard on a broadcast, you know, not their primary tight end. And then dude just He's gonna have to test well. I I will say just I think he will. And that's kind of why I'm on it. But also when you extrapolate out the same number of games as productivity when he was on the field, he was every bit as good as what what mayor is. Um he actually this year he caught more balls, more receiving yards, higher yards per reception, one fewer touchdown. For his career, the difference between them is four yards per game. But he looks more athletic. He is quick out of his breaks. He does work the seams. He does bully guys in the catching game and in the blocking game. He's who I actually kind of gave some Kelsey or Kittle comps to, given what he does with the ball. I mean, he, he does look a little, he, he's got some twitch to him. Not twitch. He's got some, uh, yeah. He's got some athleticism to him. He does. On film. And I'm really hoping that translates to the combine because I will take him to the moon. It's been a while. It's amazing what the, what the combine does to these draft picks. Yeah. Especially uh, from a fantasy perspective. There are always guys I want to be excited about where I'm like, please test well, please test well, and they don't. <laughs> like Luke, like Luke Mus- Musgrave right now? Uh, little Jordan Humphrey. Luke Musgrave sounds like a country artist. He's I got him Oregon marked State. out. I looked at him and just said no when I looked at the productivity. Or Darnell Washington from Georgia. That dude is fucking huge, He's right? Huge. Dude, he, like, he, like, I'm talking about a guy. Dra- if he tests well, he will fly up the fucking. I flagged place. him to watch just based on the fact that he's huge. He might go first round, and it might not just be like he won't be. He might start be drafted as a tight end, but he actually will be moved to tackle. That's how good he he's, is. That he's, he's a hell fucking, of a he's a hell of a blocker. He's huge. Like the, yeah, he's. That's why God. Brock Bowers is so good because he was able to stay on the line with you know they run double tight ends. He there'd be Brock Bowers, and there'd be Darnell Washington out there. It'd be odd hearing the uh <laughs> the Darnell Washington the tackle narrative. Oh, well, can't draft it for fantasy. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> sucks. Payne Durham is the other tight end that I watched. And he checks in at 6'5, 258. 22 breakout age. 
Um, he carries guys. He also had 1,200 career receiving yards, by the way. Uh, but he carries guys. He gets his yardage a lot of the same way that Michael Mayer does, but a little bit more nimble. I think he might test a little bit. If we're just going off film, I think he might test a little bit better, but he will literally carry Biles downfield with him. It's fun. I don't know if it means anything. It's just fun. <laughs> Speaking of fun, what do you think about uh, Sam Laporta, which is the Iowa tight end from tight end uh, there? I flagged him as a guy I'm going to watch because I think 1,700 career receiving yards is very intriguing. Um, I think that I'm interested, and we'll see how he tests or what. I, he's the one. He's the guy I cut last night because it was getting too late from watching. Yeah. Uh, so he's literally next up for me to evaluate tight end wise. I just haven't gotten there. Six four two forty nine. So I mean, it's a good start. Six, or, you know, you, you, know, you get TJ Hawkinson, George Kittle, Noah Fant out of Iowa. I always like to look at Iowa tight ends when they come out, just because of that reason. Yeah, from the I'm Hawkeye like at, from the Hawkeye view, hundred and fifty three career receptions is second in the class out of those guys that I vetted. Yeah, 2,844 yards, 39 touchdowns. And he also played defensive end, too. Has a breakout edge, 20, (laughs) That really matters. Yeah. Yeah. I I know it does. Yeah. I'm just saying, like, the Iowa Titans, like, continue to produce. So that's, like, one area I always like to look at. (laughs) Yeah. I, I, that's that. That's when I kind of like scout the, you know, I, I scout the helmet because it's like it's Iowa. That's where I like to go for. I, I don't. I end. don't scout helmets, but I scout guys that are, you know, good size and show up second in career receiving numbers. And well, you know, I like what, when I try to be lenient with this, right? I want people to qualify for betting, but a guy like Laporte is a good example. He missed based on yards per reception and touchdowns. I'm not going to not watch a guy that hit every other metric than those two. Yeah, no, I mean, like when I say like scouting by helmet, I mean, I scout by like, you know, Iowa, because Iowa, that's what Iowa's known for. So let me see what this guy is. Is, is he worth going on, above, you know, above and beyond or just seeing this and saying, okay, nope, mm-hmm. I'm done with him, move on. Well, at least it's a more positive spin on helmet scouting than the way it's normally used, which is, He's an Ohio State quarterback. I'm not yeah, interested. Negative, they don't yeah. pan out. Yeah. Yeah. It's no, like, I, I look at Ohio State quarterbacks, so, but it's like, do I look at him as like, you know, who was the one that bombed out? JT Barrett? There are a few. Was, like, you know, like a lot of Ohio JT State quarterbacks Barrett, bombed Car- out. Cardale Jones. Yeah. Um, Urban Dwayne, Meyer. Urban Meyer quarterbacks. Dwayne Haskins. Rest yeah. in peace. But, you know, the fact is he bombed out, you know. Terrible what happened, but he bombed. Um, could have been the infrastructure. Like, Sadly, we'll never know. But, but the uh, way I like to look at it that is like it's like you know if that area of or if that team that produces this type of uh outlook, like, you know, <laughs> a good tight end, a good running back, a good wide receiver. I usually like to look at that first to see like if it's worth continuing on from or just say screw it and move on. Yeah, I, I am. Uh, I'm sold on Dalton Kincaid. I, uh, he's fun. I, I, uh, I, I, yeah, it's, uh, I get a little bit of, you know, of Goddard. I wish he was, he's not, he's not Goddard's size, but 
you know, he's, he's I think he's going to test this. Like, I think he'll test well. I don't think he'll break the combine the way like a Kaseki did or, or, or a Hawkinson did. I can see him testing the way of Mark Andrews. Yeah, I get a lot of Mark Andrews vibes. He's, uh, he's he works. I, I think Utah that, also dude. spread the. I think Utah also really spread it out for him. They did, and yeah, we, they did big time. But, but uh, one thing to look for. But they, it's yeah. If he tests well, like I, I really don't care where he goes. I think he's gonna be. He'll he'll command. He'll be fine. Time. Yeah, he's he'll be a weapon. He's got some. Uh, I like him. I do. I do too. I like him. I do too. A little more than Meyer or Mayer. Well, if you like uh, Dallas Goder, do you like Tucker Craft right now? Because they're both, you know, the same type. I of have Ryan. I haven't end. watched. I haven't. Uh, I'm, I'm literally watching either. film as we talk. Like, yeah. All right. These are the look first at, people I'm watching. Look at Tucker Craft when you get a chance and see if you see a Dallas Goder. Because I mean, they went to the same college. <laughs> That's to get. To get uh... <laughs> they could be completely different players. Goddard was a machine for the Jackrabbits. Is also one of the very few division. Hey, you know who you else know, was a Jackrabbit? Jake Weineke. You know what he did? Yeah, Jake Weineke. <laughs> Jack shit, but I love him. Oh, he loved, loved him. him. I, I loved I, him. I, I fucking hated him. That was like the fucking Weineke. <laughs> Ah, uh, oh, Jake Wynicky, man. Hey, I'm just trying to have some fun here. Just trying to have some fun. So, I, I, I'm, I know, I'm just fucking with you. <laughs> to give you an idea, oh, what's next for me? Um, I'll plug in combine numbers and shit when I get there. But the next guys I have up right now, barring disastrous combine performances, Sam Laporta at tight end. I got three more quarterbacks that I'm gonna take in: Tyson Badgett, Clayton Tune, Dorian Thompson, Robinson, Anthony Richardson's on here too. Obviously, uh, running back Israel Abanaconda, Keaton Mitchell. Um, I got some Ty J Spears. I got to pay attention to that. I haven't watched yet. Um, Tank Dell, Charlie Jones already talked about Keishon Booty. So there's some guys. I will say this about, about mayor though. The fact that he's playing in line this much, he's going to see the field early. That's exactly what I thought. And that's going to be a big thing from it. Like he's going to go high. He's been, very popular right, late first, first round, round pick. <laughs> late first pick, yeah. yeah. And that's the other thing with tight ends, right? He can block. Yeah. So that'll get you draft capital and get you on the field. I still can't believe he's only he's sub 240. That's that's got like he's gotta come in. The best thing black. he can do that's before so this small is small for a tight end, man. With as good as he line. looks with as I good know. as he looks as a blocker, the best thing that he can do is bulk up. Yes. And if he tests, like, I wonder if he's going to test because he he does not look no. hyper athletic. Like, he's not Kyle Rudolph, like, unathletic, but, you know, same school riding. Um, but <laughs> it's, uh, yeah, there we go. Uh, it's like he just does, maybe that's just the way that, that they use him because the fact that he didn't, he, he doesn't line up outside that much or not outside, but as a move tight end, maybe he's just no, not comfortable said, enough. He doesn't go down the seam, yeah. he's basically working around the line and in, in short. And you know, he can catch passes, it's fine, but you know, I said I don't see him having that Kelsey Kittle elite type of upside i think that he doesn't upside, have the athleticism to reach no. i just don't think he's gonna be that be that 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 athletic he's gonna be a guy that fans love i think that yeah you know, he could sneak yeah. into some back end tight end one seasons which who can't but just stay healthy bro yeah just back stay healthy and, one. and you probably will because 
he catches he's not like a strict blocking tight end. No, no. But I mean, he's he not very productive with. Notre he can Dame. be reliable on third down. He's his hands are fine. You got to scheme him into space though. Probably catch some touchdowns too because he's probably shit. I don't think he's. I mean, it's it's what like for a fantasy. This is still a fantasy show at times to be forget for, it. For fantasy, I, I, it's Kincaid, and it's. I think 100%. Kincaid's. Yeah, it, it, but it's all going to depend on, you know, if. If Mayer gets the first round DC, I think he sees the field pretty early on, and that's just going to lead to some, you know, to, to some of those early chances. Athleticism is going to be big. I think Mayer has to test. I, I really do. I, I really he hope does. he does. He's got. So to. He does, and I'm going to be really concerned. He's got to. I see no injuries on him, so if he doesn't test, it's because he's not athletic, and it's because someone's telling them in his ear, "Don't test. You're not going to. You're going to hurt yourself. yourself." That's yeah. the only, yeah. But any scout that watches film is going to see that and be like, yeah, that's not receiver athletic. <laughs> There's a YouTube video is saying it's it's Michael Mayer, the next Rob Kronkowski. Rob no. Kronkowski was like 260. Yeah, He's got he 30 fucking huge. pounds on Mayer. <laughs> like, like I, I do, like, I, I, he plays bigger. His size is definitely bigger than, than what he weighs. He plays bigger than what he weighs in it. Payne Durham has more grunk to his game than any of the rest of the guys. I think Kincaid's more Andrews, Kelsey. Durham plays with more grunk, just the way that he freaking carries people. And he's, you know, 6'5", 260. But he's also not, I don't know, he's not hyperproductive. So, I don't know, give Payne Durham a watch, Dan. He's at least a little bit fun. He moves people. All right. All right. Doesn't have to happen right now, though. Are we done? Yeah, that's the show. That's the show. Sounds good. Thank you guys for tuning in. Combine reactions next week. We'll we'll, uh, sing some praises, take some victory laps, and be disappointed in some things, I'm sure. Until then, take care of yourselves and each other. (laughs) Bye-bye. See ya.